Hello, welcome back to the Personal Stylist Podcast. My name is Sydney. I am your host, and I am really excited to chat with you today. If you listened to last week's episode, you know that this is a very special case study featuring my story as a personal stylist. Um, But first things first, really, really special announcement. The May class of the Profitable Stylist Accelerator enrollment is opening on Monday. Doors are not going to be open for very long. It's a short enrollment period for the May class. We are going to be working through the program for May, June, and July. So if you would like to get on that wait list, there is a link in my Instagram bio. There's a link on the blog, um, link in the show notes to get on that wait list so that you will be the first to get that link when the doors open. So in today's podcast, we are wrapping up basically what is our what will it take series talking about what will it take to be a successful and profitable personal stylist so today I'm sharing my case study story because it's really kind of like what started it all right we are usually our own first clients we are our niche we are the ideal client and I started this whole (laughs) journey I guess we can call it with a personal fashion blog in 2009, right? This was back in the day when fashion blogs were like just starting. Um, If anybody remembers Rumi of Fashion Toast, that was like a first blog that I found and was just completely blown away by this person putting pictures of themselves in outfits on the internet. And I was like, I need to do something like this. (laughs) So I started a fashion blog. I was interning at the United Way as part of my coursework for my master's degree in social work. And I, over the years, just kind of morphed and developed the style blog. It was really fun when it first started, but it was so random. I like covered runway shows and I would like feature Etsy stores. And it was just like such a hodgepodge as I was trying to figure out and find like what I wanted to talk about on this platform. And over the years, I really developed a strong niche for myself through secondhand style. And the blog morphed into your traditional style outfit blog, sharing outfits I was creating using primarily secondhand clothes, thrift stores, consignment stores, vintage, like you name it. That was really my niche and what I became very strongly known for um, in my city on social media. And it's, you know, what I base my personal styling services on even now, things that are sustainable um, and timeless. So back to, you know, 2009 to 2014, I was just doing side hobby, like completely hobby. I wasn't monetizing the blog or anything like that. It was just for fun. Um, But as a blogger in 2014, I was invited to cover a class being held in DC called the Business of Style, put on by an organization called School of Style. And that's where I first learned about personal styling as a business. I had no idea that personal styling existed, that it was a career, that people were doing it Um, because the past five years I was working in my field, the field I went to school for, for undergraduate and for my graduate degree. I have two graduate degrees. Um, And I had been working full time. I was a program director for an after-school program for at-risk youth. And then later I transitioned and I was working as a grant writer for a nonprofit that focused on prisoner reentry. So I was writing grants and contracts to local foundations, a lot of government contracts um, to help provide stable transitional living for men and women coming out of jail and prison. 
that's what I went to school for, right? This fashion thing was such a far cry from what I thought my life goals were, from what I had pictured, like my life and what I would be doing. Um, But that particular class like hooked me and I kept going back. I went to several more classes. Like I went to New York to do a class. I went to LA to do a class. And I started kind of dabbling in personal styling as an actual side hustle in addition to my full-time job. Flash forward a couple years, about two years to 2016, when my full-time day job let me go. It was highly unexpected. Um, I actually kind of (laughs) was probably a little cocky in that I felt like, oh, like they need me so much. Like, they will never let me go. And I was very much coasting um, in that job. It was definitely the push I needed to get out of kind of just my comfort zone. I had actually really been dreaming about what it would look like to work for myself. I had actually written up a resignation letter, but I hadn't done that yet. I hadn't submitted it. And I mean, this was a full-time salary job. I think I was making $54,000 a year. So, you know, not a ton, but very steady. (laughs) I got paid what, twice a month. And it was very, it felt very secure until it wasn't secure anymore because I got laid off. So I knew when I got laid off because my company had eliminated the position that I was doing, I knew that I didn't want to look for another full-time job. Like the idea of going back to work for somebody for 40 hours a week that was probably not as flexible as my past job had been. They probably wouldn't let me work from home. Just like crushed my soul. (laughs) If you all like are entrepreneurs at heart and you kind of know that you just like are not cut out to work for somebody, you're like really cut out to work for yourself. Um, I knew I didn't want to do that. And so I kind of bet on myself and I was like, you know what, if this is the time for me to figure it all out, this is the time. So I had been really fortunate that while I was working in my full-time job, I was doing styling as a side hustle. I actually had another side hustle where I was working as a freelance grant writer for a few other clients and nonprofits. So I really launched more into that and kind of did that part-time while also taking my other part-time opportunity to go all in on my styling business. So I was doing basically part-time freelance work, part-time styling work, which was a lot more, and I had a lot more capacity to do that because I wasn't also balancing a full-time job on top of all of those things. So in my styling business, I had, you know, an array of a la carte services, just like I had been taught and I did okay. I wasn't really booking a lot of clients. I was doing a decent amount of closet cleanouts. I was doing a decent amount of outfit styling sessions. Um, really no one was paying me or wanting to pay me to go shopping for them. And I had just been creating essentially service after service. Like I had so many different options. Um, kind of mind blowing, makes me a little stressed out now when I think about it. (laughs) And none of those really necessarily like took off, um, very much. I didn't see very much traction with them. So kind of flash forward about a year or so into this. And I was talking to my coach. I was really frustrated with my business. Seemed like it wasn't going anywhere. I wasn't booking enough clients. I really wasn't booking repeat clients. And she asked me and said, you know, well, what would it look like if you had just one process for everyone? And that question really just like wrapped in my head and completely pivoted how I 
ran my business. So I committed to this idea of one process and I ditched every single a la carte service I had. I figured out my process and I decided that I was going to sell and only sell that. It was a six month signature service. And I initially priced it at $1,200. The first time I sold that service, I literally nearly fell out of my chair. (laughs) I remember being shocked. I remember like doing a happy dance and being like, oh my gosh, this works. And over, you know, the course of time, I raised that price. I upped it to $1,500. I upped it to $1,800 and I was keeping my service exactly the same. And eventually I ended up doubling it from that original price point and selling it. It had a $2,400 price point with a $2,100 pay in full payment plan or payment process. And I was booking that with my dream clients who said that this was exactly what they had been looking for. Um, They were invested. I was invested. They got amazing transformations, not only in their wardrobes, but in their confidence and around how they felt about their style. And I was booking these services and having, you know, $6,000, $8,000 months with a signature service. And one of the most awesome things about this is that I was able to really kind of get in deep with my clients and it was a mutual invested relationship. And my process got better and better as I went because I was not distracted by having to do a bunch of different random services. I could focus very clearly on what I was doing and how I can make it better for the next client and improve it and improve it and improve it. So around um, maybe 2018, I started to take what I had learned and really put that together and began coaching other personal stylists through this process and through this framework. And my very first uh, one-on-one personal stylist client was from Canada. And I took her through essentially a 90-day program, a three-month program, what is now the Accelerator. She created her own signature service and she saw the financial and energetic improvements in her business from this. And I will be the first to say that over the years, there have been a lot of ups and downs, right? There's so much more um, to this story and that being an entrepreneur is not an easy path. It is much, much easier to get a job and have someone else tell you what to do. But I alluded to this earlier and there's something inside of me and maybe you feel this too, that just won't let me do that. (laughs) I know that Working for someone else is not ultimately the path for me. And that has been my driving force to make it through all of the ups and downs of working for myself, of owning a business, of being a personal stylist, of being a coach and going through all of the pivots that come as you are going on your own path and your own journey. And these pivots included me getting laid off from that job. It included me getting part-time jobs. It included, you know, me cutting my personal budget drastically when I wasn't making a lot of money. I did so many different styling gigs. I did part-time social media work for people. I, you know, was a wardrobe stylist for like a branding photographer. I did magazine editorials. I did TV segments. I did so many different things. And that is something unique that comes to figuring out your path and understanding what is your driving force to keep you doing what you're doing to make it through the ups and downs. So my definition of success 
is really freedom of space for when and where I work and to sit at my own desk, not someone else's. My secondary driver that really keeps me going is that I have like want to equip people who are like me, who know that they are meant to sit at their own desks with the tools to create profitable, successful businesses to do just that, to change the energetic legacy of entrepreneurship in the world. That it's not just men that are entrepreneurs, that it's not just white men or any other limiting entity out there, but that it is women, people of color, um, people of any gender, that entrepreneurship doesn't mean getting by. Entrepreneurship is not survival. Entrepreneurship is thriving. And to equip people with the tools to change the energetic legacy of that is really my secondary driver. And like anybody's story, there's so much more, like I mentioned, and that I will probably dive into in future episodes, but I would love to leave you with this nugget, is that if someone else does what you want to do, that means that it's possible for you. Your homework, of course there's homework, um, is that if you were to be a case study on this podcast, what would your story say? If we, my, one of my case studies said, case study with Emily, what would that title be of the transformation? And then what are the missing pieces that you need to have in your business in order to accomplish that, in order to be this amazing case study that is going to demonstrate for other people what is possible for them? Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. I am really thrilled just to have you listening wherever you are. I would love if you would take a moment to take a screenshot, share this on Instagram, let me know where you're listening, let me know what you're learning and loving from the podcast. And if you are not already on the Accelerator course wait list, enrollment for the next class, the May class is opening up on Monday. April 19th. So there's a very short enrollment window period. I don't want you to miss that. So if you go to the link, waitlist link in my bio, waitlist link on the website in the show notes, um, you will see that and you can get on that list and you will get an email on Monday when doors open. And I am really excited to see all of the students that are going to enroll and that know that they, they don't want to send anyone's desk. They want the tools, they want the framework, they want to go from being overworked to profitably booked. And I'm so excited to work with them over the next three months of May, June, and July for our three-month accelerator course for personal stylists. So I will see you on the podcast next week, and I will see all of my students inside the group at the Profitable Stylist Accelerator. See y'all later. Bye.